then when the NFL kind of went and, and tried to figure out how to stop Belichick and, and, and got, you know, got big to combat that. He's like, all right, well, we'll go small and we'll run, you know, we'll run James White out of the backfield and we'll run Welker and then Edelman and, and, and we're going to run, uh, you know, quick and, and, and that, and then when the NFL started going to like nickel and dime and getting smaller and, and using like a safety as a linebacker, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see it shift and you even saw it at the tail end of Brady's career, like in, in new England, where yeah. like they started to get bigger again and they started to go defense again. And you're like, all right, well, he's transitioning. He's getting out of in front of it. And, and that to me has been the most fun about being a Pats fan. I mean, like, yeah, the being in the Super Bowl is fine and, and that sort of thing. And, and like, all oh, that's great. But the, for me, the, the strategy and watching, watching Belichick just drive change in the NFL and then change before everybody can catch up to combat what what they're all changing to do is has been fun. What the hell was that? Would somebody talk about the fucking Patriots? Hello, 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 all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I'm Larry Monkey, and you can catch me on Twitter at FF Larry Monkey. And then we got at Run DFF, and uh, we can call him Justin. Rogers, what's up, my man? You're ve- you're feeling very French tonight, eh? I don't know if I'm French. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being French? Rogers. <laughs> That's the one, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? What, what the fuck was that rant we were just listening to? I yeah. kicking off this motherfucking show. You know what he's out here? He's out here killing it is what he's doing, which is what an assassin should do. Man, we got the dynasty dummy here, Mr. Zach Reed at. Tasset Assassin 13. What's up, dude? What's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, excited to be here. A little bit uh a little bit nervous because I mean, yeah, you put me behind Mark Schofield and James Cole, but like I'm I'm just a couple shows after Cooter Doodle, and yes. that is intimidating. <laughs> she is fantastic. Yes, she is. In the off season, we like we go guests, we go guest hard, hard guests, heavy guests, right? When you say that, there, uh, Mr. Run uh, yeah, I mean, basically, we went two man show all season long, and now we want to hear what other people have to think. Great, we got tired of our great, own idea. great idea. So, man, I don't even know, man. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Justin? I'm wonderful. You know, I got my run in today. I'm in the I'm in the depths of hell with this marathon training. Did 17 right. yesterday, so. My, my legs are shot. It's... I'm in Maine. Oh. I'm further north. You you started off the show with French. Je ne parle pas français. Je suis un pamplemousse. I don't speak French. I'm a grapefruit. No, I don't know. Yeah. Like that was <laughs> talk marathon. No way. I was a baseball player. If you hit it far enough, you don't have to run. That was you know the wise thing to do there. <laughs> Instead, I was like, man, I can't run fast. So let me just run far. I think it's seven weeks to Boston from now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks from today. Wow. Yeah, Boston. So yeehaw. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it's exciting. Pre-show. First words out of Justin's mouth was, were, oh, man, I'm really sorry for uh, you know, calling you Eric for an entire show one day. Uh, for an hour know, and a half. Years ago. The Trade Axe podcast has not run short by any means. It was an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. I don't know that night. And, yeah, straight up called Zach Eric all night long. Yeah. I think uh, not enough sleep, 
<laughs> a wild child and maybe a few too many drinks. I'm I, not sure. I mean, if you get if you get my good side, I look like an Eric. So I don't. I like I said, I don't take any offense. You can <laughs> you can call me whatever you want, and I'll well, be tonight. Uh, you'll be Zach, sir. <laughs> your proper name, the assassin. That's a badass uh, handle, man. How'd you come up with that one? Uh, that was so when I played baseball. Uh, I am. I'm a little bit more of an intellectual than most of the guys that I played baseball with. And so they were always like, you know, you're the, the silent assassin. You just sit there and all of a sudden you'll say something and it takes like three or four minutes for us to get it. And then we, we get it. It's like, Oh, that was funny. And and so that's, that's, that's how I was like, you know what, I'm going to, when I, when I picked my Twitter handle, I was like, I'm going to be the tacit assassin and and roll with that because it's it's kind of been my nickname but i i wanted to i wanted to plus it up a little bit and then uh last week i became wordle famous uh because tacit was was the word i got like 80 uh pings <laughs> on fit on on twitter because because they were like oh have you played have you played wordle today and i was like nah I don't, I, you should play wordle today and i was like okay Okay, tacit. It's got to be tacit. Dude, on Dynasty Dummies and, and what else uh, you got going on? Dynasty Dummies, part of the DFPN at work, the only at work in town. So, so you know, it's the best at work. Also, lately I've been, I don't know if if I'm actually officially part of this, but Peter Howard does a live stream on DLF on, on uh, Wednesday nights. And I just become the guy on the couch. Uh, so yeah, wait a minute. So now. There's someone else on a couch out here in this world. Yeah. So it's, I'm, 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 the, I'm, the, I'm the Stephen Wright of, of Peter Howard's, uh, live show where we're like, I just started showing up and I never left. I've been doing that. I think it's like 10 weeks now. It was supposed to be Russ. It was supposed to be dynasty outhouse. That was, that was hosting with, with Peter and, and Russ missed a day. And so I, I Wally pipped him and, and here I am. Nice. Nice. That's cool, man. So you've been playing fantasy a while or what? Yeah. So it's funny. I actually started not playing fantasy football. I started playing fantasy baseball and I started playing fantasy baseball with my dad. Uh, he had a bunch of friends that had a league and they needed one more guy. And I was like, OK, right. so that was in like the early 90s. And it was like it was dynasty and auction and just like a whole. So then a bunch of my buddies and I, got, we all got together and we're like, all right, we're going to do fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball and fantasy football. And so then it kind of petered into just fantasy football. Yeah. I remember like I won my first fantasy football league on the back of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, not the not the not the skyhook like basketball player, but the but the running back from Miami. So it would have been like I don't know, like ninety six <laughs> or something like that. Ninety five, ninety six days right there. Yeah, yeah. And so well, we so we had spin stats. So like there was a service that you that you paid for, and they would mail you your <laughs> stats. So you'd get like a Manila envelope oh, with stats, yeah. uh, wow. and then the commissioner would hand them out. Uh, for the week so zach reed what's your fantasy <laughs> i do that right this time i mean it was a little creepy but yeah sure, you got it, you got it. like I, i'm a straight dynasty player i play i play a little bit of redraft but that's all charity you know you had mark on and he said doesn't have the bandwidth and i was like that's exactly it for like for devi and for idp and that sort of thing i just i just can't I, there's there's it's just too much i am a really big fan of this time of year like this is this is my time of year the rookie analysis 
Uh, I just, I've got two more wide receivers and I will have finished watching 52 incoming players. This is my time of year, but I don't watch college football. I don't pay attention to these players until they are ready to come out in their respective year. It's on purpose, both because I like to have a fresh start when I watch, but I can't give up Saturday. I can't. You can't, like, you can't sit on the right. couch and watch a 10th, 15 college you football You can't do it two days in a row is the problem. No, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, Saturday and Sunday, that's for sure. No, yeah. I would be I would be divorced. It would be That would be very bad. That would right, be right, right. very bad. I know. Yeah. And usually the guy that tells, uh, talks to us about all the stuff he's got going on, and me and Justin are just like, yep, yeah, you're single. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Chase Vernon. Chase yeah, an example. He's like, I'm doing this and this, and I'm going to be here at this time. I'm like, yeah, you don't have a wife and children because this ain't happening. Like, okay. no way. There were some heavy negotiations to do because I'm doing three nights this week. So I'll be on yeah. with you guys tonight and then Wednesday. And then Thursday, we've got our rookie Hootenanny, the last show. And so we've got like wide receiver catch all. But that's that's three days this week. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, I've got I've got a, a six year old and an eight year old. Can't leave my wife on on her own, fending a, them off. I have a six year old and an eight week old. Yeah, man, that's wild. <laughs> I'm just uh, my wife just hates me just every day. Look, so. I'm not sure if Larry's eyes are mostly closed because he smoked a bowl or because he's exhausted. Definitely both. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh my god it's like she she considers this as like me going out like this counts as <laughs> right, me going right, out tonight out, like yeah yep. i'm like it's just like you know like an hour and change i'm like this doesn't count as me it's me it's me going to the basement for an hour and a half <laughs> that's it it doesn't <laughs> count as, no we got feedings and stuff like this was like a strategic planned out evening because we like got this little baby down on purpose so that he would be up to eat now so he could go to sleep i don't gotta do anything like i'm completely out of the yeah, picture i'm uh less than three months away from that same situation dude i passed <laughs> out last night like seven o'clock i'm like man i don't feel that great and i just lay on the couch and then and she kicked me upstairs and then i just woke up at 1 30 in the morning she's like you were out so i just took care of everything and i'm tagging tagging <laughs> yeah, you back right. <laughs> You got your, you got a full night of sleep from seven to one thirty. Yeah, I had nothing left, man. I had nothing left in the gas tank. I was just out. I had nothing. Just boom. That's it. Nothing. So, Zach, how many <laughs> leagues are you in? I'm only in six dynasty leagues, and I know that's wild. I mean, you you talk to Russ, and he's in thirty, and you talk to everybody else, and they're in like. <laughs> 15 See, I think or, Russ is down to like 15 or 16 now. He yes. So I, you know, I just there's a lot of that going on. Well, and and not only is it way too much, but I find that I have more conviction with my takes if I am in fewer leagues because I am making these moves. So when, whenever you hear me on a podcast and I say, you know, I like this player or I would make this trade, like these are the trades and these are the players that yeah. I have on my roster. So you know, the last couple of years, like I have a ton of AJ Brown. I have a ton of Justin Jefferson. Unfortunately, I got a bunch of Rondell Moore. Like this is like I am making the picks the way I grade players and the way I analyze players. And so if you hear me talk about I think that's sometimes we get caught up in that. You'll hear guys talk and you don't necessarily realize that they're portfolio players or right. they're playing in a whole bunch of leagues. So it, it doesn't matter. Or, or even Russ. And I don't mean to like it's not a negative. Uh, you know, being ah, a portfolio fuck him. Fuck <laughs> well, but, like being a portfolio player is great. Being it's okay being, he doesn't listen to podcasts. So being <laughs> Russ is being Russ the like the way he plays and and the way he trades 
being in 12 trade addicts leagues, like it's great for him because he wants to trade and it. It doesn't matter because he can, he can trade away this guy in one league and go get him in two other leagues. That's not how I function best. And it's not how I do my analysis. And so I kind of, to be true to my analysis, it's easier for me to play in fewer leagues. And and a a few years ago, I got, I got up to like 12 and I was in, and I, it, it, pains me like I was in Scott Fish's pigs three and I was in a couple of John Bosch leagues and I was in a couple other leagues and finally I was like I, I just can't do this because I can't pay attention to all this but I also can't focus my analysis the way I want to with all of these leagues because it be, it, yeah. it matters less like like what you're doing like the individual moves all of a sudden matter a lot less if you're in you know, 12 or 15 or, or 30 leagues that, you know, you're, yeah, you're playing I find myself with the same mentality as you. I'm not a portfolio player by any means. I'd rather get the players that I think are, are good and stack them up and just have a bunch of, yeah. them. Like I just, I'm, I'm not worried about diversifying. And, and like I said, in a couple episodes here recently, like this is not a business for me. It's yeah. a fun game. Like, I, you know, and I, I do have a decent ROI, but it's not like, Okay, here's a few hundred dollars. You know, like okay, great. That's right. just that's just something to piddle around with. You know, right. I'm not trying to to make a career out of managing dynasty teams. So, so I'd rather have fun with it. And get the I, guy I can I can yeah. tell if I've had a successful year because the company that I work for does a mandatory unpaid shutdown the week of Christmas. Yes. Right. And <laughs> and if if I don't have to use vacation time that week. <laughs> that that means I've had a good year. In, right, in commissioners are paying out on time. You're yeah, good. yeah. So I, but th- but this year it was like, oh no, I got to wait another week. Like NFL, what are you doing to me? You added a week in the in the season, and yeah. so now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm like after after the first. Yeah, yeah, now I'm like hoping that I uh, that I didn't have to take vacation for that week. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that I didn't need to. So I'm like. That's funny. That, but that's that's how I've always kind of uh, I've always been where like, you know, if I make if I make a, a you know, 800, 1000, 1200 bucks and I didn't have to take my vacation, I'm good. If I if I didn't make that, then I'm in trouble. And and so, you know, it's right. But luckily, luckily, I've been. Other than last year where I've had st- I, I don't know if you maybe uh, maybe you've heard of me talk about it or, or maybe not, but the um, the last play that Josh Allen and Diggs were in the game against the Patriots two years ago, where where Allen threw the touchdown to Diggs on like that that drag on the back of the end zone, cost me three championships. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. On that on that one play, I lost, but it was like six points, uh, eleven points, and like seven and a half points. Like bang, 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 all on that one play. And, and I was th- like, that was the the week that Diggs went slap off, right? Yeah, and it yeah, yeah and it was and it, of course it was against the Patriots. So I'm sitting there watching the game, and and, and too. the Bills got the ball back with about two and a half minutes left in the third, and I'm like, okay, well maybe they'll they'll take everybody out to start the fourth quarter, so. You know, Allen comes in. He's like, "Bang to digs, bang to digs." Goes someone with someone on the sideline. They get a, they get out of bounds. They run the ball up the middle, and then all of a sudden, the you know time it, it rolls to the fourth quarter. So they Hold go on. to commercial. So now, are you, are you looking at each 
at each uh, matchup? Like, are you like going back oh, and forth uh, on your? Of laptop course I am. Yeah, oh, I've got, yeah, I've got yeah. my. I, well, I've got my app. I've got the app on my phone. So I'm I'm sitting there looking, and and so I'm like, okay, if they come back from commercial and Josh Allen and Diggs are out, I'm off scot free. They come back and then Diggs hits that you know that drag route right in the back of the end zone and it's a touchdown. And I'm like, over. that's it, done. I mean, you've been playing a while, so I uh, you probably took it. In oh yeah, I mean it. Yeah. It is what it is. I you mean, didn't, like beat up your dog or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was I was laying in bed. I was laying in bed watching. Uh, you, you didn't bust it, the switch out. You didn't take no, a switch my, out. My wife was laying beside me <laughs> sleeping, and so I was like, I had to do like the oh, shit, like real, like real quiet, so I didn't I didn't wake her up because that would have been it would have been just twice as bad if I. Wow. You know, you get the loss, and then and then you wake her up, and that's so Larry. It's startup season, right? Yes, sir. Are you doing any startups this year? Me? Yeah. I took all uh, over a kitchen sink orphan. That's a dispersal. So, oh, nice. not a startup, but that should be taking place soon. As I think um, uh, next week, I think the dispersal. Yeah. So I have something to report about that. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, but no, no startups. Uh, nothing as I'm nice, like like Zach. You're you're in your like nice little um habitable zone with uh leagues right now like i'm right around 10 and that's like comfortable because now like you said you have enough love for each one but yeah. uh, I, I haven't found one that i'm interested in doing yet either but for those people out there listening and you're looking for a startup we've mentioned it before we are going to do a startup of a second division for the mm-hmm. dynasty hot sauce listener league yes <laughs> it's nice segue that was sweet uh, I had someone reach out to me today, so that's great. If yes. you're listening and you want in on the on the league, let me know. It's the league with the big twist. You're drafting future first and having a good time with that, talking shit. We love it. So yeah. uh, reach out to me or Larry and uh, let us know if you want in on the second division of the Dynasty Hot Sauce Listener League. Oh, baby, it's a copy league, and this is exciting, man. So when I attack startups – First of all, it's flexibility. You come in and, and kind of read the room and figure out how other people are drafting. If I have, my, if I'm the bull of the woods, if people are following what I'm doing, I want to draft young, proven, and that's the key there. Wide receivers. So you're talking, you know, Justin Jefferson and Chase, and I put Waddle in that uh, that ilk. Uh, AJ Brown, you know, Deontay Johnson, like that group. Anywhere, you know, guys that are like. 22 to 26 that are proven. That's that's how I start. If I'm in an outhouse league, you know you've got the 175 premium on tight end. I'm going to stack tight ends. And in, that's how I usually start is I'll start with the young wide receivers because I know that I can identify draft class and draft running backs. And if I've got my wide receivers set, then I'm going to be good for a long time. Yeah. If people drive me in the other direction i can do that i can i can go robust running back and and that sort of thing but i I think it's really important to me to know those strategies it's important to understand you know zero rb and anti-fragility and what what the concepts are and why you do that it's important to understand what uh late round quarterback means and and how that evolves and and it's not just late round, but it's it's late. If you're in a league, a super flex league, and, and guys take 14 quarterbacks in the first round and a half, all of a sudden the second round is late round. You yeah, know, so you it's important. Get one. 
yeah, it's it's important to understand that and and be flexible. And the same thing with like value based drafting. Like if you understand all of the different strategies, you can be fluid in your draft in your startup and kind of overcome whatever the room is doing. But like I said, I, I like to I like to get out ahead and like and drive that. If you can force people into runs behind you. Oh, uh, on, on yeah. positions yeah then then you've got the best of that position and everyone else is is just trying to catch up and and then you can go and, and attack another position so that's 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 how i i like to start and and look if you start with those the wide receivers sometimes you end up in a productive struggle sometimes you end up you know that ryan mcdowell you know get the young guys and and kick the can a little ways but you can do that if you start with those wide receivers because of the shelf life and because of how much longer you've got. Yeah. yeah if you do that with young running backs and that's a good thing <laughs> with young running backs in two years, you might not have a starting running back. Like it just it's so crazy how quickly it turns over. Absolutely. I'm there. If you drafted uh, acres and Dobbins, like, like I did in a couple of years. <laughs> you know, I took a lot of flack from Larry for being wide receiver heavy. I think he's coming around right now after what happened to him last year. Yeah, you know, you know, well, it didn't fare so well because he had injured big, running backs. Big superstar wide receivers out there now. There wasn't always like those big stud wideouts. You know, I guess it started when you got Metcalf, not young Brown, and then You're right. Three years ago, there weren't. We were kind of we had an aging group of wide receivers yeah. that were elite, but we didn't have the young elite wide receivers. That has but, definitely transitioned. I think though the thing people get caught up in is the the top tier of running backs, which was about four guys. Was was like uber producing but you never knew which one it was going to be so it was like cmc one year it was kamara one year it was barkley one year like those guys yeah. that catch passes but but people translated that all the way down the list so so you start a couple of years ago you were seeing you know all of these running backs who are not those elite guys yeah. still going early and i'm like go ahead and do that like that's, that's this is this is a hashtag nick chubb theory right and, here yeah and and i like i like nick chubb but i like nick chubb because i got him at, at 106 or or you know in a in a rookie draft i i, I don't <laughs> love i don't love nick chubb at, at 109 in a startup draft like, yeah that's the thing i think we get caught up in sometimes is the acquisition cost so in a startup like years matter uh, in terms of like how long you're going to have a player, especially depending on how you're doing that startup. If you're drafting Nick Chubb early, you better put together a team that is going to win this year because you don't have, yeah. you know, you don't have three or four years. I mean, you go look at 2018 where Todd Gurley was the running back one and Le'Veon yeah. Bell was yep. like the running back four. And, you know, it's like, what is going on? Like it, yeah. it just goes so fast. I think Michael Sipes took uh, Todd Gurley uh, number one overall on our Dynasty Trades <laughs> HQ 16 teamer, the first team. overall pick. Oh no! No, it's yeah. funny because if you look back, I think it was like two <laughs> quarterbacks drafted in the first round of a 16 team Superflex league. It was the dumbest draft that I've ever seen in my life, and and Larry and I were both part of it, so we're both guilty. It was the oh, stupidest shit I've ever seen. I took Barkley, and then I traded uh, uh, early part of the second round, and I, I went Barkley CMC. 
Right. If you look at like the startup ADP right now, it's like Chase Jefferson and then like three or four running backs. And and I can't remember who it was. Somebody the other day posted, what would you do at 104 or whatever it was? And it's after after Chase and Jefferson and whoever else it was. Yeah. And and Jonathan Taylor was gone. What would you do? And I'm like, well, the real answer is you trade back to like one 109 or 110, you trade your second next year, you get a first next year, and you draft Jalen Waddle, and you smile. And in the case of Larry and I, it's you leave that league and join a Superflex league. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So speaking of some rookies, let's get into it, Larry. Oh, let's do it, baby. The rookies. Now, you, you've done a lot. Like you said, you've watched a lot of film. He's done a lot of analysis so far, cover a lot of rookies. I have. You got like a, a top five in, in your in your head right now. You know, obviously it's much earlier than you'd like to make a top five prediction, but is it like all clear cut? Like, no, like some I, previous rookie drafts, or is it still all over the place? I can give you a top two. Like Ooh. I like I, I want I want Brees Hall and I want Traylon Burks. Uh yeah. and and beyond that, I do like Garrett Wilson a fair yeah. bit. Uh, I think Isaiah Spiller is interesting depending on where he ends up landing. Like this is going to be a lot like 2019 to me in terms of rookie drafts where there's not going to be a consensus. There is is going to be a really big range from probably 103 to well and, and even in super flex leagues. Like you may see the the top quarterback off the board go at like 103. 104 something like that because i don't think it's a it's a great quarterback class i mean you wow you guys know that you had you had mark schofield on last week and he's much better at at he hated everybody though yeah Yeah, he hates everybody in the he's like can we just get 2022 altogether i think he's right and i and i but i think that with a player like Malik Willis, he's worth taking a shot on in in the first round of a especially a superflex, just because the upside with his legs. Like I I said that right now, and he's raw. Like he he's got a big arm, but he doesn't always know where it's going to go. He doesn't always process well. Right now, he is at the point where everybody who hates Jalen Hurts thinks Jalen Hurts is like that's where Malik Willis is. Like, but. He has right. such upside in fantasy with his legs that it doesn't matter. I'm I'm warming up to Malik Willis, but I'm still cautiously. You've been, you've been poking around Malik Willis for like a like a month or so. Well, heck yeah, I want to hear you've, you've been chirping up about him. Well, my only thing is, I, I think the upside with his legs is huge. But does he keep? Does he get and keep a job? Is what I'm concerned with. Well, you know, and that, that guy that starts for two years and they're like, "You suck ass." We're going <laughs> another another direction. But I, th- I think that's the that's the trouble with this entire uh, yeah. class is is that's what you've got. And so to me, when I'm evaluating quarterbacks for fantasy, the first thing I do and, and I started this when Lamar Jackson came out, I had to reassess the way I was looking at quarterbacks. And, and even now, like if you look at the top 10 quarterbacks, like seven of them are guys who are going to get three, four hundred yards at least rushing. Even Patrick Mahomes, who's not a runner does enough with his legs that you're getting, you know, 20, 25, 30 yards a week. And that's just bonus points. Yeah. The way that we score rushing is such an advantage 
that when Lamar Jackson came out, I, and I, I distinctly remember having this conversation with, with Kyle on the Dynasty Dummies, and I could probably find the clip of it. But I said, look, I do not have Lamar Jackson graded out as my highest uh, film evaluation grade, but he will be my quarterback one. He will be the the player that I take. And I actually took him in our – we have a one-quarterback league. Our home league is one quarterback. And I took him at the 204, which was yeah. high. I'm glad I did. Like, he's been fantastic. That's the thing that people miss is, yes, quarterback evaluation matters. It's so tough as somebody who does not – know what the play call is somebody who does not know you know what is supposed to happen in that yeah. play is that a quarterback missing a read is it him being slow on his read is it are we running routes that are too deep and yeah. and they're not breaking before or are they breaking the route off short and the yeah. ball is good where it's supposed to be the wide receivers three yards before that you know that kind of thing yeah right there's a lot to not know about i've been pretty lucky with my quarterback evaluation with like I hit the Deshaun Watson, but I hit Deshaun Watson because I was watching Mike Williams. I'm sitting there I'm like, I don't really like Mike Williams, but holy shit, Deshaun Watson makes a back shoulder throw better than anybody in this class, and that's all Mike Williams can do, and it makes Mike Williams look good. There wasn't anybody in this group that popped. Yeah, that's so. what I'm afraid of, is that we don't really have anybody that's going to be like, I'm going to be the number one quarterback. You know, no. We've had that for years. Even the the skill the skill positions for fantasy, the running backs and the wide receivers, like this is the first class that I have watched where I haven't just been completely enamored with at least one player, and it's tough. Like there are a couple, like like I said, Traylon Burks is good. I like Brees Hall a lot. I think he is head and shoulders the most complete running back in this class, and after that. It's a lot of guys that have pieces that I like. I think Garrett Wilson can be a good player, but people talking about him like Justin Jefferson, like that that's not it. You know, a lot of people talk about Drake London, and I keep seeing a player that struggles to separate down the field, which is where he tends to be used. And it reminds me a little bit of Nikhil Harry. It reminds me a little bit of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And he's got some pieces that are, like, different than those guys. But everybody that keeps talking about these players, like, there's no chance that they miss. And I'm going, this class is so far behind last year and even 2020. Like, it's just, ugh. I'm in a conundrum. Let me break it down a little bit. But I'm in a 14-team Superflex, like, 0.15 uh, PPC. So there's some, you know, some scoring anomalies as far as running backs go that you can get a little boost from. I'm a contender entering this year, but I need more pieces. Mm-hmm. But I also have a bunch of rookie rollover money that rolls over every year because I hoarded money last year, got <laughs> got the entire class, and then uh, had a bunch left over. And I don't know what to do. I don't know if I use it on Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller or just hold it and tank one more year basically and i don't say tank i mean i made the playoffs this year i got bounced in the first round and, and i don't know to just hold it up to 2023 and then use it then or or go for the pieces now and i don't know it's, it's tough there are at least and 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 it's not necessarily running backs too but there are uh top tier running backs and top tier wide receivers at least for what we know right now that should come out uh, in next year's class yeah are you drafting after the nfl draft yes you'll have an idea of 
you know, if somebody takes Brees Hall in the second round that doesn't have a running back, then you'll have a pretty good idea that Brees Hall is going to be a pretty good, not to poo-poo on Miami's running backs, but like I would love to see him somewhere like Miami because he is that complete back where he can he can make plays out of the backfield. But anywhere that doesn't have a true, you know, starting running back, Brees Hall should come in and take over. I mean, he's better than a lot of people keep, are comparing him to David Montgomery. And a little bit of that is laundry. But he's to me, he's a lot more athletic. He's a lot more bursty than Montgomery is. But he's got a similar skill set in terms of he can do everything. And so you like to see that type of player come out and, and be a running back. I just wish there were more, you know. Sure. Maybe maybe I'll go all in on him. I say all in. <laughs> Take him and then save the rest of my money for next year or something. Like I said, next year's class ought to have at least two or three running backs that it's are a, going to – It's a 14-team start 11, and I've got CMC, Najee, Javante Williams, and Cam Akers. So I'm not completely lacking. Yeah, you're doing all right then. Right. But I could sure use depth. I mean, literally, like it's Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, and then uh, I have the three – top quarterbacks from last year nice uh, trevor lance and fields and i have baker mayfield as a whatever i noticed it this year and hopefully those quarterbacks take a step up and then i'll be set right man if i could ride this out this year and still be super competitive and just roll into 2023 with a bunch of money so okay. you're you're saying a quarterback in super in a super flex rookie draft's gonna fall to one the 103 i, I think? think it, it oh, could I think happen possible. yeah um, I, it would not surprise me, especially if Hall ends up in a good spot. Burks ends up somewhere where people perceive that to be a good spot. I know. Landing spot I, think, so. I think the Malik Willis hype has died down a little bit since the Senior Bowl, where people aren't quite as, you know, enamored. Not that he's bad. Like, not that, that there wasn't enough to talk about. But when you start to look at his tape, you go, okay, the guy is a runner, but boy, he can't throw Every now and then he'll drop back and like I have in my head an image of him. It's against the zone and it's on the left sideline and he throws it probably 35 yards, drops it in between two defenders perfectly to his wide receiver. And you're going, ah, you know, like every now He's and then the it's arm. Yeah, He's like every now the and then it's there, but but it's but. just not consistent. He does a lot with it's less than not consistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he does a lot with like either not closing his shoulder, you know, his front shoulder quick enough and like sailing the ball. And it's just like, oh, those are dangerous throws in the NFL. If you're missing long, like I would much rather have you spike it than miss. Oh, an overthrow is the safety coming back the other way. Absolutely. That's what terrifies me about him. You know, you asked a second ago, do you draft any uh, rookie drafts before the NFL draft? I drafted one, but I'm in a different league with Outhouse. And he started it specifically to do a rookie draft. Uh-huh. before the NFL draft and the past couple years has been nice because I have been able to kind of pick players that hadn't quite got the hype yet I wish we did it pre-combine too because I don't yeah, pay for any hype yeah the, the combine doesn't matter to me like it really it really doesn't there are like a couple of things that matter and yeah. and other than that like well you know like seeing Justin Jefferson run four four. A low 4-4 four, four a couple years ago was one of those, like, okay, you're good. Go that ahead. was awful for me, though, because I'd been talking about Justin Jackson for two months. But, like, it, it was one of those of confirming that he's athletic enough to play in the NFL. Yeah, so, like, but- it, that sort of thing matters. But it's when you, like, double count fast receivers or, you know, okay, 
this guy DK runs a slow shuttle time. Those things didn't really matter. Well, and 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 I react to that, admittedly. Most of that gets like rolled into the draft. But the NFL's watching this, and and them telling you what they think is a lot better than you trying to guess what they think about you know to me the only things I'm looking at at the combine are tight ends. You want a guy to be at least six four, you want him to be at least two fifty, and you want him to run under a uh what is it like a four seven five or something like that. Like you want that. And then the other things I'm looking at are guys like this year, like Pierre Strong and and Sincere McCormick, who are the the lower level guys, you want to see if they're athletic enough because they basically been playing against Sisters of the Four School for the Blind. They're not playing an SEC schedule. Uh, you know, <laughs> same thing like Sky Moore. Any anybody who is playing at a directional Michigan school, you know, or a directional Dakota school, like those are the the guys that I'm looking at that I want to come out and, and show me that they're athletic at the combine because I've seen what they do against the competition they're playing. But a lot of people look really fast when they're playing against a bunch of guys running four, seven, four, eight. Absolutely. Are you going to watch any of the combine? If I'm home and and they're running like receiver drills or something, I'll watch just for just for fun. But I'm not going to watch it. And I, I watch eight to twelve games of all of these guys. Sometimes they'll be cut ups on YouTube, but sometimes you end up watching full games. Sometimes you end up watching all twenty twos. But it's eight to twelve games depending on where I feel comfortable with what I've got on a player. And I will do a plus minus chart. And so I'm not going to gain anything by a senior bowl or a combine, like, like the, the Mm -hmm. little one-on-one drills, like that's not going to do anything beyond what I've got for notes. It's not going to change my mind. Like one day in Indy, is not going to erase the 12 games that I've watched over the course of the guy's career. Well, wait a minute here. <laughs> Where do you stand on tiny hands? <laughs> <laughs> I got to I, I tell you what, I'll drop in the DM. Uh, I've got a oh, Joe wait. Burrow, a Joe Burrow Hootie and the Blowfish uh 9-inch hands. <laughs> oh, nice. Do you feel like this is a year that you can get an advantage because you've watched film and and there's guys that are going to rise and fall. To me, this is it's the opposite. So so a year, yeah, a year where there's no consensus, I don't have an advantage. Yeah. To me, this is the year where you trade like if you like a guy, you trade up and go get him. There's no telling what your league mates oh, are going to do because there's no consensus. If there's consensus, like the uh, past couple of years or or even before that, so AJ Brown, the year that AJ Brown came out. I said, look, AJ Brown is my wide yeah. receiver one. You yeah. don't have to draft him until 109, 110. <laughs> it was awesome. Justin Jefferson. I was like, Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver yeah. too. Like, go, but you can get him at like 109, yeah, 110, yeah. 111. Oh, I got him okay. at 20. I got him at 201 in the league. And I'm like, what is going yeah. on? Because I didn't have a first round pick. And I was like, oh no, he's gonna go. I got to the second round. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna send my next year's second and this year's third. I want that pick. And they're like, okay. So I was like, Awesome, Justin yeah, Jefferson. Right. But but in a in a year like this, you're having to do that if you like a guy anyway. There's no consensus. That far. Yeah, there's true. no rhyme yeah. or reason to it. There's no, no I mean, you just you just don't know. And so that's the difficulty of a year like this. And it was that way in 2019. You're seeing JJ Arcega Whiteside go 106 sometimes. Ugh. You're just like, what's like what, what is that? Like there was no consensus, there was no 
it's interesting to see how that plays out. And again, it's years where there aren't consensus. You got to figure out who you like and go get them instead of instead of being able to wait. So, should you sell your, all your twenty twos, or your you should sit tight and hold? I, I mean, they're going to be worth more when they're. I mean, when they're on the clock. I mean, that's yeah. that's the. I mean, I hate to be cliche, but that's the that's the reality of it. Somebody's yeah. going to want somebody. You know, there's a the guy. Yeah, yeah. Somebody in your league is going to want a player that's on the board, whether or not you like them. The other thing with with this year is, if you've got a later pick, you you did well in your league, okay, and all of a sudden somebody falls. I mean, say Jamison Williams falls, he could he could end up down in that back end of that first. You know, maybe he comes back from his injury and is is great. He's an interesting player. There are a few of of those guys, and you just don't know where they're going to fall. So I heard of one of you guys. I listened to the latest Dynasty Dummies podcast. You guys were talking about Sam Howell just falling and getting yeah. drafted by a contender or somebody that's missing that that's right in a nice, ready-to-go offense with a lot of protection and, and weapons, and he might flourish. Probably me, because I think I had Howell uh, graded out higher than, than everybody else. Everybody's looking at the latest. What have you done for me lately? And, and Howell didn't have a great year passing this past yeah. year, but he also lost four NFL players around him. So he had to do more. And, and you all of a sudden saw him go from one and a half yards uh, per carry rushing to over four and a half and rushing for over 800 yards this past year. So now you've, now you've got a, a player who you've seen throw and complete over 60% of his passes. You've seen him carry an offense with his arm, but then you've also seen him have that ability to run. And look, he's going to have to clean up some things. I don't love his feet all the time. He doesn't always get set and square. When he's rolling to his right, he struggles to reset his platform and doesn't always, again, it's that front shoulder. It's I was a pitcher, so it's easy for me to tell. If you're not closing that front shoulder, all of a sudden everything is high. And so he he would do that. Man, there's so much to like about his game. And if you got uh, a quarterback coach who could clean up a little bit of his footwork and get him just fundamentally sound, yeah. There's so much talent there. If, if everyone's shitting on these quarterbacks, why are there all these mocks, you know, big time guys saying they're you're going to see four and five quarterbacks in the first round? Why would a team draft a quarterback it's that's going to be? Teams are desperate for quarterback. It's the same reason why in your super flex league that Justin's got uh, Baker Mayfield on his team. Like that's the like the, it's it drives the value up of mediocre quarterbacks because in a super flex league it drives the value up because there are only so many quarterbacks and if everybody's yeah. rostering you know three somebody is rostering guys who aren't starting in the nfl it's a combination of you need to have at least a serviceable quarterback to get to the playoffs but there's also if you're taking a guy in the first round you get the rookie salary so you're not paying him as much and yeah. if you look at uh, you look at what the Patriots did and taking where they took Mac Jones and like they're paying him nothing. I mean, I think it's like right. a, a million and a half, two million, like for I mean, a quarterback. Mac Jones, Malik Willis or Mac Jones? I take Mac Jones. Yeah, um, no brainer. No, I mean it's it's close. I think because it's I tend to mediocrity. All right, 
Well, actually, you know, you might you might Depends be right. Maybe, maybe I would maybe I would take Willis just because of the the potential upside. Because I don't think you're ever going to win a league with Mac Jones as your quarterback. He's definitely not going to be a quarterback one, and and he's going to be a, a lower tier quarterback too. The problem with Willis is you may have nothing. Right, yeah. <laughs> or you may, or you may have a top five. So the way you should play that is Malik Willis, because if he's bad, if you lose, then then it's you know it's addition by subtraction. I'll tell you that I can I can understand a difference in viewpoints versus in one quarterback versus superflex, where in one quarterback I'm much more willing Willis. to take the big risk. Yeah, because if I fail, I can find a quarterback. You know, yep. if you miss in superflex and you don't have that safety net. Right. You 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 might be kind of shit and you know shit up a creek for a while. I mean, it just yeah. is what it is. I think I'd still take Willis over Jones in a superflex, but if you get into a, just a smidge higher tier, it's harder for me to say, okay, yeah, I want Willis. It, it's funny. This is almost the same conversation that burned Twitter to the ground. Uh, I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before, where it was the would you rather have the running back that plays for eight weeks and scores 25 points a week, wow. or would you rather have the running back who plays all 16 and scores 15 points a week? And the the real answer to the quarterback question, and, and again, to both questions, is you should take the risk. You should take the boom because you can always get replacement points somewhere else. A lot of people get caught up in consistency, but there's no – like there is no such – it, that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah but but people th- like people get caught up in in consistency and floor plays. And to me, the one of the biggest eye openers was I had John Bosch on the the Dynasty Dummies at the beginning of last year, and he's one of the most brilliant Dynasty players I know. The thing he said that stuck with me was, "You either want to be first or last. There, mm-hmm. You don't want to be anywhere in between." In, in a dynasty league because you get stuck there. You get in purgatory. I think you've talked me into going Malik Willis there. Now that we've, now that we've talked the theory through. Yeah. Well, it's um, kind of like, you know, Baker or all these same guys, mid to low tier quarterbacks. Your QB3 or QB4, perfect. You know, especially in Superflex, <laughs> perfect. But if you're having to start them every week, it hurts because yeah. someone's going to run out there with Josh Allen and, you know, Joe Burrow and you're like, Shit, um, with my two quarterbacks, I'm already 20, 25 points back. You know, yeah, I'm getting 15 and they're getting 25 or 27. That's what I love about the Scott Fishbowl quarterback scoring. And I wish more leagues would go to that because it really uh shows, really highlights the difference between good quarterbacks and and bad quarterbacks. Yeah. And it really puts a premium on getting good quarterback i just got a text from my wife i gotta uh i have to run upstairs real quick man you know, we, can, uh, we can rock this <laughs> maybe i'll be back maybe it maybe not good luck good yeah, luck good luck all right all right i'm i'm, I'm gonna say my wife just texted me and it's just like literally <laughs> just for the listeners too unprecedented pulled from the pod usually she just pulls the plug now i was gonna say she, at least she's pulling you and not the plug this time <laughs> all right Hopefully I will be back. If Larry will have to cut off an hour off the end on his edit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we're on the subject of of quarterbacks and we've gotten kind of into the rookies. If you were putting together tiers, you know, ignoring what they did their rookie year, 
How would you rank last year and this year's rookie classes? And throw them all in one bucket and pull them out just off of pre-draft analysis. I'm taking last year's class, Lawrence, Fields, Lance, easy. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy to do regardless. Then we just had our Willis debate. So I'm going to I'm going to move him into that four spot. Even though we've got a couple of guys who are going to start, it's probably a good thing that that Larry had to leave cuz I'm going to I'm going to besmirch uh, That's okay cuz I do it every week. He's so. he's got the big fat head of Zach Wilson behind him and I'm going to I'm going to besmirch like Larry Zach didn't Wilson. even leave. He just he opened his eyes a little wider and he's smiling more. Larry <laughs> cuz you know Larry's not growing much facial hair either. So <laughs> <laughs> So so then I take Mac Jones because I think he's he's better than Wilson. Uh, then I take Wilson, and then I'm Howell, Pickett, Corral, and I I haven't he's watched really low on Corral. Yes, he. You could just say it; it's fine. He, he does. He and and there's not much to choose between these guys, but he is definitely my. He was my third graded, but but Willis pops up with the with the rushing ability to the top yeah. when we're talking fantasy. Might not be as good a quarterback, but for fantasy, absolutely. Yeah. I like some things about Corral, like he runs. It's not his primary weapon, but it's an option, and you like to see that. I think that again, this, and this is going to be the the bane of the existence of this quarterback class is none of them slide. It's, it's, oh, it's gonna get smacked around. Yeah. And and I think I think Kenny Pickett's non-slide was like the that, oh, that's yeah. the epitome of this class. Like that's that's absolutely like perfect. I noticed you uh, omitted a name off that list. Just hard yeah, and strong completely off. It's because I haven't watched him yet. I saw a little bit because I watched one of his receivers, but I haven't really I haven't really dug into strong and I probably yeah. won't because I'm not gonna give you any better evaluation than the NFL. If some if an NFL team takes him in, in the first round. Yeah, I think that's should. the big question right now. Yeah. Is he a second rounder or is he a late first rounder kind yeah. of thing? And if he's a first rounder, you probably should draft him. If he's a second rounder, then if you're drafting him, you're getting you're looking for the Matt Jones, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan esque type player where stand in the pocket, you're not getting shit from his legs. Right. I think that's a bad bet for fantasy. Yeah. Again, until you reach a point in the second round of your rookie drafts, you know, at some point it's worth a bet on quarterback. Rushing is such a big part of the new NFL quarterback, whether we like to admit it or not, well, even the NFL doesn't want to admit it yet. I mean, the NFL just spent a couple years ago an entire offseason trying to make Lamar Jackson a wide receiver, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in, in the league. And, and the same thing with Josh Allen, where a couple years ago, Josh Allen was terrible and, and he couldn't throw, which was true, but but he could run, and, and that bought him enough time. Welcome back, Larry. We oh, heard you giggle, thank you. but uh, you've been hanging out listening. I just want to know one thing: are we, are we selling Hunter Henry or what? What What's the story with Hunter Henry? <laughs> Driving me crazy. I'm trying to get rid of this guy. Should I be trying to get rid of him? I mean, he's going to do about what he did last year. Yeah. He's He's a good red zone threat. I I think he's about what the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots re-signed Kendrick Bourne. They, they'll Hunter Henry is fine in the red zone. He finished what tight end eleven, something like that. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and, and I don't know, fourteen or fifteen in 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 points per game. Like I would hang on to Hunter Henry. I would wait until somebody in my league had a tight end injury of somebody that they thought was good, and then I would put Henry in a package because mm. I think you're going to get more if he is a secondary piece. And people are like, oh, well, he's a tight end one. 
then you are if you send Hunter Henry on his own and you and you get the response of tight end eleven or you know he's the back end. If you're going to move him, which you probably should, because tight ends, if you don't have one of the top four or five, have. like you don't right. you don't have one. He averaged ten point three points a game, and there was ten guys within one point plus or minus of him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wow. All the way from Dallas Goddard down to uh Pat Frymuth. Uh twelve guys, because Jared Cook and Max Williams, Max Williams only played five games that averaged uh, 9.3 to to 11.3. One and the same, you know, it, that Spider-Man meme, they're all staring at each other. It, and it's been that way since, yeah. basically, since I've been playing Dynasty. I mean, it, it literally has been that way. It was all it was eternity. Jimmy Graham into Gronk, into Travis Kelsey, into where we are now. Like, it, that's just the way tight end is. I think quarterback's kind of similar, but we don't want to talk about that because – people super flexing but but i think that there's a real clear top tier Absolutely. and, and then a, a very similar position wise yeah and know? and then everything else doesn't really matter and people think it does and so trading those you know trading everybody who's not uh kelsey kittle andrews Pitts and and i'd still put waller in that category but like trading everybody who isn't one of those guys uh, that's a win. And and what I tend to do with tight end is stack up guys who are completely different than Hunter Henry. I, I stack up guys who are athletic and hope that one of them hits because I, I've had really good luck with that. When I first started, I got Kelsey in, in my home league startup at Mr. Irrelevant at the last pick of the draft. Kyle, when he used to do his cheat sheets, Kittle popped as, as the most athletic tight end in the class. So I was getting Kittle late. When we looked at the class with Andrews, it was like a whole bunch of people liked other tight ends. I'm like, this is Andrews. You can go back and check my Twitter history where where it's, you know, go by these guys. And it's it's like four or five tight ends. And that's how I play the position. But one of the tight ends was Kittle. And then in a couple of years, it was by four or five tight ends. But one of the tight ends was Andrews. One of the tight ends is not Hunter Henry. So if you can if you can shift away from him, I would. But you're going to have better luck doing that in season when somebody is struggling to find a tight end. And also, if he has a couple of games like he did this year where he scores a touchdown or two, people are going to start to get interested. Oh, maybe Hunter Henry's back. Has Jonu Smith reached roster clogger status yet? I mean, yeah, he's another one of those meh. I mean, everybody got excited because he had eight touchdowns uh, two years ago. Like, that was that was the entire reason. Right, why. but he had like – 35 or 40 catches or something stupid. Yeah, right? but it was it was the touchdowns. It was eight <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. I'm like, don't follow those. And especially you know, Robert Tanyan like, season. Yeah, it, like <laughs> those that doesn't carry year to year. It's it's not. So it's what not are your feelings sticking. on Dalton Knox then? Same thing. Like Mr. I'd be, Mr. I'd Mr. trade. Touchdown. Yeah, like look, he's he's good. He's not a bad tight end, but he's not one of the tight ends that is going to drive 100 100 targets. And if you're not one of the guys driving 100 targets, you don't really matter. This is why I keep on. I'm going to buy more Mike Gusecki this year. Yeah. Because he's going to get targets, and hopefully there's some positive touchdown regression where he yeah. doesn't score two on 73 catches. If you're talking about looking for athletes, Gusecki is, is one athlete. of yeah, – Yeah, he's he's an athlete. I just and wish. I just wish. I just wish because I have so much love for him. Yeah. <laughs> that athleticism translates to elite fancy points or at least, you know, sub-elite. What about some trades? You said you made a trade this week? I did make a trade, and I'm going to get slammed for it, and I'm okay with it. And then after your trade, I have a trade offer 
that is sitting here that I love your opinion, your guys' opinions on. 12 teams, super flex. It's two divisions, so 24 total teams. Um, Start 12. And it's an orphan I took over. A bunch of guys who at least they think they're sharks. I don't know if they are or not. (laughs) I think they are. A lot of that. There's a lot of that. For those listening? I've been trying to dump some pieces. It's kind of an older team. It's really lacking at quarterback, but otherwise it's it's pretty nice. I wanted to make moves. Uh, I wanted to make this team mine, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy at all. I just can't stand him, and I'm not sure how long he plays. He's going to play in 2022, but after that I have no no clue. So I got this offer, and I was working last week at the bar. So it was it came in at uh, on Friday at like 6.15 or something like that, and I was at the bar, and, I, and the guy even tagged me in the chat like, hey – and I'm working, and I see – I just have a second to pop it up, and I'm like, huh, it's intriguing. So I send Aaron Rodgers, and I get Carson Wentz, Hollywood Brown, and Michael Thomas. And MT is one of my buys this year. This I'm okay with that. I saw you getting uh, eaten alive. I got hammered for it. I got hammered for yeah. it. I, I'm I, banking I was okay on Carson Wentz starting this season. Yeah, so we're talking about the banking. Dynasty League. I'm banking on Carson Wentz getting a year of starting, which is all I'm counting on from Aaron Rodgers regardless. And if I can get wide receiver two out of Hollywood and Michael Thomas in a start 12, I'm super stoked about that. And I think that's in the range of outcomes for me. I think Brown is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league in terms of fantasy. Because I think a lot of – and I'm not a big – I'm not a Hollywood Brown guy, and I'll be the first to admit. But I like fantasy points, and and he has last year did that, especially – uh, in terms of being commensurate with where you have to draft him, I, like I think that's a, I think that's a great pickup. Plus, like you said, Michael Thomas, absolute buy. He's another, he's another guy that you're getting. What's he going like wide receiver thirty something like that? 35, 36? He did his contract, so uh, he's, he's uh, he ain't going anywhere. He ain't going anywhere. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but he's not going anywhere. Who's throwing him the ball is a question, but hey. He'll be their number one. They may even draft. He'll be the focal point of their offense because you know Kamara's not going to be around. <laughs> offense is going to run through through him. Man, I wonder what happens to Kamara. I'm super curious. Mm. See what happens. Yeah, I got slaughtered for that, and I knew I would in that tra- in that chat. I knew I would <laughs> you know, in the HQ crew chat with uh, the Dynasty Trades HQ guys. Yeah, I knew that that trade wasn't going to go over very well, and they did not like it. And I'm just like, you know what? It's start twelve. I can big take deal, the risk. 12. Check out this offer that I received from him. The, the angry uh, sports couple. The there. uglier, the ugly side <laughs> of the angry sports yeah. couple. Is that is that appropriate? To to say justin or was yeah probably hell come on now <laughs> well, the, it might be uglier depending on what this offer is let's not the better half not the not better half of the angry sports couple so here's the offer it involves patrick mahomes deshaun watson the 105 the 106 or pat mahomes watson the 1516 or pat mahomes so this is like watson Isaiah Spiller and Garrett Wilson or something. I don't know. DLF ADP right now has uh, Garrett Wilson at five, Matt Corral at six. I don't they know. Perks, Willis Hill and Spillers. I think I have, uh, and you know, I'm higher on Watson than most people, but I think I'd still just hold Mahomes. Where are you at? Tacit assassin. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm on that same. So I like risks. 
I am risk averse when it comes to off the field stuff because that is not something I have any handle on. It's not something I can analyze. It's not something I don't know what's going to happen with Watson. Let, let me just interject. Just this this might sway you. It's a start thirteen. Super okay, flat. I guess start the 13. next question is to me is are you are you sending the picks? And I would be on the Watson side. Okay, so this is giving the up Watson and the picks. I have Watson in the picks right now to start and, thirteen. And how many? Like I'm sure you have because I need players. Given, given, given our off-air uh, discussions on how on how many starters random teams have, have you calculated how many legit starters you have? Not Jalen Rager's. Oh, I have no legit OJ, starters, and not some OJ no. Howards or or Irv Smith. Those don't. And I have Rager in this starters. league too. no i i mean you've seen this team i mean i have it's a start 13 i have chase lamb and pitts hunter henry uh and joku my quarterbacks are watson and baker and i and i have darnold and henneke see watson and baker that's 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 whatever right but you you don't have the depth right now. i don't have any meat Mm. there's no right i think i'd have to hold watson and just hope that the risk pays off do you think you could get more for Mahomes? Trade for Mahomes, do whatever you're going to do, and then trade Mahomes to get into next year's draft that would be better? We but then need- I'd be out of out of quarterbacks. I would have gotten yeah, rid of guess, Watson, and Watson and Mahomes. I would have traded at that point. Yeah, you'd have to be hoping that you hit a quarterback next year. That Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a slight upgrade so, at quarterback if Watson does come back because they're not really that far it, off. Watson's assuming – it's a yeah, lateral move of quarterback, but that's the, the risk is the question. But I guess if if you're – I mean, Mahomes is not going to make a difference to your team. Either you make those picks or maybe you can – again, if somebody is – if you're on the clock and somebody likes whoever's there, Garrett Wilson or, yeah. you know, Spiller or whoever it is that – that's on the clock maybe you can maybe you can kick that can down the field i think one of the most underutilized pieces in dynasty is sometimes when you're losing you're winning so if you have your 23 first yeah let's say watson doesn't come back and play a full year this year but he comes back in 23 okay so that's a that's a double win for you now because now you've got quarterback one coming back in 23 plus you've got a higher pick in that draft that you in theory should be able to kick back, get more pieces yeah, and fill that yep. start 13. So I'm holding. Yeah. yeah. I'd hold. I'm holding. You guys talk me into it. Like Zach said, I think I'd try to move that one of five, one of six, and maybe just kick it down the road, help your pick out this year for 2023. Yeah. There's one guy has three 23s. Um, so I'm might trying to wait till people are on the clock though. Is what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Zach said. Even if you, and then did, you get a 23 first and a second or 23 first and a third. That's what I was going to say. Even if you did something like you took the 105 and traded it for like the 203 or 204 and a 23 first, like right. that's a like that's a win to me. Yeah. And there's really not that much difference between who you're getting at 105, 106, or it may not be that much difference between who you're getting at 105 and 106 and, and 203, 204. When you're, when you're back there looking at George Pickens, like, yeah. He, absolutely. He's he's my wide receiver, too. He, yeah, or three. Really he might idea. he might be three. I think I've got Burks, Wilson, Pickens. So gotcha. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up getting a bunch of pickings and some auction stuff. Nope. Because he's gonna go cheap-ish. 
and I'm just going to have to stash him. It's so funny, like watching him and you're like, wow, man, like his his floor is every terrible Bengals receiver that you can think of. You know, it's like it's like 70 percent of like Marvin Jones or but then you look at his ceiling and it's A.J. Green. Yeah. And you're just like, man, like, <laughs> is he a good Bengal or is he a bad Bengal? Like, what's going on? All right, man. I think I got to wrap this up, guys. Well, I appreciate I gotta... it. This was, yeah, this man. Was, I'm uh, sorry about the theatrics thing. there, but no, uh, yeah, look, it looks like I, I made you, it. You don't yeah. have to explain anything. Like, that's a, oh, oh yeah, down, Keep sleeping. Over the count. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so. You're good for about two hours. He was stirring. No, he's he's due he's due to get up any second. Like I have a bottle warming up right now. Oh, very good. You're gonna have to wake him up. She came down, and gave me the evil eye. It was just like because <laughs> she's pumping right now, or else she'd be doing all. The, I don't know. It's just all. It's fucking all. Everything's nuts. Hey, look, everything's nuts one. right now. That's newborn life, man. Yeah, you're weird. gonna be there soon. I'm down that road too. So after, come this summer, thought, I'll be you know, making sure. Zach Reed, act tacit assassin thirteen. That's T A C F T A S S S A S S I N thirteen. He spelled ass twice there. I thought I was spelling. Justin, can you spell his Twitter handle like like you spell Mississippi? A crooked letter, crooked letter, A crooked letter, crooked letter, I N. Yeah. There's no humpbacks though. There's no humpbacks. Oh, okay. that's that's the necessary whatever, man. That Dynasty Dummies, catch that show he does, and the Howdy Show, occasional Peter Howard live stream on Wednesdays. DynastyDummies.com. Thanks well, again Eric, for coming on, coming bro. Out. Hey, thank you guys for having me. This was... <laughs> he didn't even catch it. He didn't even catch the Eric. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm used to it now. I've been called a lot worse than Eric, so that's weird. I always tell people when they call me something like it's fine, it's a lot, it's right, a lot better than asshole or whatever. So let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. We got the assassin, he's gonna kill us. Hurry up, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Help Sauce Pod. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Larry Monkey and Justin Rogers. Fucking dynasty football, baby!